Hey, so thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you are so good, so kind, so loving. We thank you so much for taking care of us. We thank you that you want us to have understanding, revelation, knowledge as to how to walk in your kingdom. And today, especially, you want us to know your heart. And we are just seeking to know what you're thinking. We want to know what you're thinking. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, when I asked God what we are going to talk about today, I heard him say, heartbroken. And I knew he was saying he was heartbroken. And he was saying that because he said we don't believe him. We're not close enough with him to believe him. And I want to read to you, actually, Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So, obviously, God is saying he wants us to want him, to know him. You know, and how often are we seeking his face or we're just asking him for stuff? And I know we're not all in the same place and maybe we're not all guilty, but we all need to examine ourselves because we don't always see what he sees. We might be thinking we're seeking his face, but we are so much of the time not doing that. We're seeking his hand. And so I think that actually everyone probably is guilty of seeking his hand. God being all powerful, he can do anything. And, you know, early on in our walk with him, we just naturally do that. We're like little kids. And I know God expects that. And he knows that. And he wants us to grow up from there, though. I remember a day he said to me that I was a fair-weathered friend. And I just went to him when I needed something. And as a loving father is, he was always there, and he gave me what I was asking for. But he's saying, I am calling my people to grow up and stop just seeking my hand. But know that I'm like you, and I want you to want me. I want you to take the time to get to know me. You know, he, he, is, he, he just showed me that he said that we can't take the time to get to know him to, um, you know, really know him and feel his presence and know what he's saying to us because we're so busy. We're so busy, he said, trusting ourselves that we can't trust him. We're too busy. We're too anxious. We don't have enough time to come sit with him. He's been saying that to me lately, come sit with me. And I am so glad that I do. Because without him, I can't really do anything. I can't function. I can't keep a clear perspective. I don't know the plan. He tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, he's got a plan and it's a good plan. I've shared with you often. He said, come and ask me the plan. Don't just guess. I heard a testimony yesterday. It was so awesome. And I'll just call her a little girl because I don't think she could have been more than 17. And she said she got in God's presence. She was in a church, and His presence just filled the temple. And she said God said He had a plan for her, and He started giving her dreams, I mean, glimpses um, and visions of that plan. 
And he said to her, I couldn't give you the plan until you killed your own plan. And that is so like God, you gotta be willing. You gotta go seek his face, see what's on his mind. And that's what he's heartbroken about, that we don't, that, you know, we just, we, we don't acknowledge him as the potter. We're the clay, he's the potter. Which reminds me of a video I was watching last night as well. And it was this little girl and she was on top of a table. And her dad was saying, get down from there. And, you know, it might have been a premeditated video. I don't know, but the whole point is extremely awesome. She's not even able to say regular sentences yet. He's saying, get off that table. And she's just doing her own little language. And it looks like she's arguing back with him. And she's kind of imitating him because he's doing this on another table. And she goes over there and she does that to him. So it's not like she really was partaking in the conversation, but they made it look like she was arguing with him. And he was saying, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm the dad. You don't tell me what to do. You're the child. Get down from that table. And she just did her little gibberish thing, and it was kind of cute. But um, when I was thinking about it this morning, getting ready when God was telling me how he was feeling, he said, that's how we are. You know, he's got this awesome plan, and we're just saying, no, no, I know better. I'm going to do it my way. And he said, we don't even understand his language, just like this little girl wasn't understanding really what her father was saying. And he's saying, you don't get what I'm saying to you. I am so in love with you, and I'm so heartbroken that you don't trust me, that you don't even have enough time in your busy day to come and sit in my presence to get to know me, to see how I think, to learn my language. You have no idea who I am. He's saying, that's what he's saying to us because we won't take the time for him. We don't have time. But when we need something, we go running to him. And when he's starting to expect us to grow up and we run to him and something doesn't happen, we get offended, we're upset that the potter isn't doing what the clay is telling the potter to do. It's really not funny, but really that's how we look to him. And he said, my ways are so much higher than your ways, but you don't even know that. My ways are higher. I expect more, he said, than you expect. I expect more. I want for you more than you can ask or think. I expect more from you than you're giving me, and I expect more in your life than you expect for yourself. You can't expect from him what he wants to give you because you don't know what he's thinking. We don't know what he's thinking. We don't take time for him. You know, I know when he's saying, come and sit with me, I've gotten distracted and I'm busy about doing things, other things. And he's saying, come on, I want to tell you, I have this exciting thing to tell you. I have this exciting plan for you. And I want to show it to you. I want to show you what's happening. You know, you're getting all down and out about what is. But, you know, if you knew, really, if you knew the plan he had for you, wouldn't you be able to settle down and have that peace, that joy and contentment because he told you the plan? And maybe you're thinking, he's not going to tell you the plan. God's a mystery. That's a lie. The Bible doesn't say that. He's a mystery to those who don't know him. Um, James 1.5 says, if you ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to you. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you things to come. 
And Jesus also said the mysteries of the kingdom of God are meant to be revealed. And God is saying today, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust my plan for you and stop just thinking that this is it. This is it right here. This is it. What I see is what's happening. What I see is what I get. No, God said what you say is what you get. What you see is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. And you are to imitate me and call those things to me, not as though they were. But how do we do that if we don't know the plan? I know when I start calling things to be not as though they were, he'll interrupt me and say, hey, I told you the villain. Why are you saying that? Don't say that. You know the plan. Call the plan into action. Be a doer of the word. Act like the plan is true. Believe me when I tell you. Now, I know sometimes we get all mixed up when we're not sure what God said to us and we're... The enemy comes as soon as you hear the word, and he says, oh, that wasn't God. You can't believe that. That's way too good. You're not good enough for that. This is never going to happen for you. You can't do that. Yeah, we can't do anything without him. And when he gives you the plan, you need to hang on to it, and the word tells us to write the vision. Make it plain so that we can run with it. Write it down and don't let it go. If it's more than you can ask or think, if um, it takes faith, then you know it's him. The enemy isn't going to tell you to do anything you can do on your own uh, without him. He's going to tell you to do things you can do on your own. He's going to help you come up with a plan where you can figure it out without God because it is truly opposed to God's way. Really, faith is being totally reliant on God. The Amplified Bible says it over and over again that when we have faith, we're totally reliant on him. And so that is the word I um, heard from the Lord to share with you today. And um, it's always for me too. And I, I so appreciate his word. I so appreciate knowing what's on his mind and his feelings. And I'm sad that he's heartbroken, but we can fix that. We can just believe him. You know, believing him is really just a decision. And if we don't make a decision, we're going to believe no matter what, we're going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that is what upsets him, that, you know, we believe one day and not the next. And how do we get to that state? Because we start focusing on what the enemy said, is saying. We start focusing on what is instead of what is to come, what, it, what you're calling to pass. For instance, if you believe that um, God is going to heal you, then you say, by his stripes I'm healed. And when the enemy comes and says, well, look at what's happening. And you say, it doesn't matter, that's temporary. What is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. You've got to brainwash yourself and line up your words, your thinking, with the Word of God. And if you don't do that, you're, you're just going to be off into Satan's little prison, and he's going to hold you in that prison of sickness and disease or whatever it is all your life. Fear, um, Poverty, whatever it is he's got you thinking, that will manifest in your life. And we know that. As a man thinks, so is he. So I just think this is an awesome thing that God is willing to share his heart with us. And he wants us to know what he's thinking. He Just like, you know, we want to go to him and say, God, this is bothering me. You know, I want to share with you how I feel. You know, if you're in a conversation with somebody that loves you, somebody that you love, then you're always sharing how you feel with each other. 
And it feels so good to just sit and tell that person how you're feeling, right? And that's what God wants. He wants you to know how he's feeling. He wants to know where he's at. You know, he has to prepare for the new heaven and the new earth. And that is totally, I believe, very hard for him. And I feel like he showed me that because he has to start over again, just like he did in the day of Noah. And in that day, he said he was sorry he ever made man. And he was grieved. And we we looked at a couple of weeks ago how he was depressed. He was grieved for five months after that flood. He didn't do anything for five months. And actually, even more than that, when you total all the things that are said, almost a year, five months before he did anything, and another six months for everything to go back the way it was. God is so good. He's so in love with us. He has emotions. He's kind. He's compassionate. And we got to learn his way. His way is higher than our way. And so we got to come up to his way. We have to learn of him so that we can imitate our father, so that we can um, know him. And then he said, did he say? He said, if you humble yourselves and seek and crave and require of necessity, my face. So when you just got to have him, when you understand you just got to have him, he's the way, you got to have him, he's of your necessity, you can't do without him, he's the priority in your life. See, he wants you to want him. He wants you to crave after him and diligently seek him. He wants you to want what he wants. He craves after you. He diligently is looking to serve you, to make all your dreams come true. He's in love with you. Maybe serve was a wrong word. I don't know. But he, he wants to do for you. He wants to love you. That's a better thing to say. He just wants to love you. You know, so many people will tell me my dogs are spoiled, and I say they're loved. Spoiled is love. So he wants to spoil you, I would say. He wants to spoil you. He wants to love you. And he wants you to do the same for him. He wants to have a relationship with you. And that's what he wants. And, you know, all you have to do, if you haven't, is ask him to come and live on the inside of you. He told the disciples when he left that God's spirit would come and live on the inside of them. And anyone else who believes, if you make a decision to believe, he's going to come and live on the inside of you. And when you have fellowship with him every day, you're going to know that he's there. And when you have that fellowship, when you submit to him, you're actually resisting the enemy. Because Jesus said, as soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come. And he's going to try to get you to be double-minded, He's going to try to get you to not believe because he's trying to steal the word from you. Jesus said that in Mark 4. If you don't understand this one thing, you won't understand anything. As soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come and try to take it. And so when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit's going to come, Jesus said, and he's going to tell you things to come. He's going to remind you of things he said. He's going to be everything you need going to be on the inside of you all the time or whatever you need. He's going to be there. He's in love with you. He is. And he wants you to fall in love with him. 
And the only way that can happen is if you ask him first, if you haven't, to come and be your savior, to be your God, to be your counselor, your standby, everything you need. He wants to be that for you. And um, so you have to do that. And then the other thing is you have to submit to him. You just have to believe. Believe is submitting to him. When you believe, it's not just words. It's a lifestyle change. It's coming into agreement with him. That's all you have to do is come in agreement with him. And you can say any kind of prayer you want, anytime you want. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I thank you that you want to show me your way. And I want to live in your kingdom. I want to know your heart. I'm asking you to come live on the inside of me and do that. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you and praise you that for the person who's never asked you to come and be their God, that we're just asking you now. We're just asking you to come live on the inside of us and open our eyes to see who you are and feel your presence. We thank you that you would clean us up with a word, teach us your way, um, correct us, and help us to learn of you. And we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all there is to it. Say any kind of prayer you want. And Romans 10 tells us that if we call on the name of the Lord, we believe we'll be saved. And he wants to save you from everything in this life that isn't good. And he wants to save you from eternal death. And he wants you to have eternal salvation. Jesus bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. He shed his blood for you so that you can have eternal life, so you can be forgiven, be right with the Father. And so all you have to do is believe that and don't, don't waver when the enemy comes. Don't believe him. Believe God. You got to choose who you're going to believe. And it's just a decision. And once you make that decision, then you just stick with it. You don't change your mind. Once you decide who you're going to marry, you stick with it. And he is your bride. He, I mean, he's your groom. You're his bride. And so when you get married, you don't separate. You don't separate. Thanks so much for listening today. And actually, I should tell you, if you don't know, John 1 once says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And so you got to get to know the Word of God. And then you're going to get to know God. And God's going to reveal himself to you that way. So... Thanks so much for listening today and God bless you.